sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Greetings this morning in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of God. We, uh, we heard a lot of good things already, and I was just thinking all that we heard. And I bless God for the order of the service, the order of uh, more than just the how would you say the orderliness of it, but uh, the way God has led thus far in what we heard this morning. <clears throat> From the singing this morning, songs that we sang, the reading John 15 about abiding in the vine, and the opening there on God's forgiveness, the children's lesson there. <clears throat> about uh, God who we serve, who is orderly. And my mind can go many different ways in light of all that we heard already, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to say too much on it or not, but I might just say a little bit in light of what's on my heart here this morning uh, about, uh, let's see, Marcus, where are you at? There you are. <laughs> about your shed that was disorderly, and you did something about it. <clears throat> well, we have a place in our place that is very disorderly. <laughs> and Brendan looked at it the other day, and I said, uh, I don't know what I said anymore, but anyway, I said, yeah, it's very disorderly. And it's up in the shop there where we just kind of throw things in. And if you would go up there, you would agree with me. (laughs) But it's probably not one of those top priorities where it's not a place where much are. But uh, what about God's house? That's a top priority, isn't it? When Jesus walked on the earth and uh, he saw some disorderliness, he saw some, uh, uh, what was the other word I was looking for? Um, Confusion there in the temple. And he did something about it too. And we look at that, we read that account, and we kind of maybe scratch our heads a little bit. This meek and lowly Jesus, this Jesus, loving Jesus, and he actually did what he did there. But I will say this, and I might have said this before already, I will say this, his love and his meekness never left him when he went through into that temple and cleansed the temple. I think it's good for us to to uh, remember that. <clears throat> so, I, uh, yeah, my heart is full this morning. 
I will say I wrestled yesterday. I thought I was on a trail. And about, I don't know what time it was, yesterday afternoon, it just seemed like things went disorderly. <laughs> and I wasn't sure where I was going anymore. <clears throat> and, uh, and I had been struggling with headaches, and that didn't help my headaches. Headache, if you will. <clears throat> so there's different things you can do in a situation like that. <clears throat> I chose to look to the one who can do all things. And I said something like this. I said, Lord, I choose something like this. I choose to be about your business. And I trust that you'll take care of my needs. And I can say he did that. And I believe he's continuing to do that here this morning. So we serve a great, almighty, amazing God this morning who is on the throne, who loves us and cares about us. And I don't know where you're at here this morning. I don't know where you find yourself in your journey, in your Christian life. I had a song I was singing and asking David to sing. Maybe I'll just uh, read it like I do sometimes or I do for my devotions. I just take up this song book and I just read some songs. Sometimes maybe I sing them. But there's a song in here. The title is, I Need Thee Every Hour. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now. My Savior, I come to thee. I'll read the last verse yet. I need thee every hour, most holy one. Oh, make me thine and thine indeed. Thy blessed, thou blessed. Son, I need Thee, oh, I need Thee, every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. Well, that's my song, my prayer this morning. I need Thee, Lord, I need Thee. And as I was thinking about that earlier this morning, I was thinking, you know, my prayer is that we all came in through those doors orderly as we came. I pray that there was something else there more than just orderliness. I pray that there was a heart there that was saying, Lord, I need You. I have a need in my life. Things maybe didn't go so well this past week. Lord, I need You. Please speak to me today. Please, somehow, Lord, meet my need. That's the way God wants us to come his house that's the way God wants us to come and I was thinking of this uh, uh, putting a uh, getting uh, someone to draw a picture of a of two hands the one hand that is stretched out if I would be a better artist I would maybe try to quickly draw it with a with a hand that is stretched out and over here a hand that is closed I want to be over here 
with a hand, with both hands that are reaching out and say, Lord, I need you every hour I need thee. Well, I'd like to pray, but maybe before I do that, I'll just tell you that what the title is here this morning for the message. Uh, the title is The Law of Faith and Righteousness and the Big Question. <clears throat> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we worship you, we praise you. We thank you that you're here. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be made known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. God, we thank you that you're here this morning. Lord, we thank you that you want to meet our needs. And Lord, we also reckon with the reality, the fact, God, that we came here this morning without outstretched hands. There is a possibility We won't receive anything. But I pray, God, that every heart that is here would have that, that that would be the posture of the heart that is wide open, that wants to receive from you this morning, Lord. Oh, God, I pray, help us, Father, to have a heart that is beating after you, hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Oh, God, I pray, help us this morning. We need you and we thank you for being with us, for sharing with us what you did thus far. And I pray, O oh God, that you would just continue to, to bless us, Lord, as we open your word, as we open our hearts to you again, God. And what do you have for us this morning? Lord, you have, you have great, how should I say, and amazing things for us. And I pray, God, that our eyes would be open, Lord, wherever they're closed this morning, God, where you want to open them. God, I pray, open my eyes, open our eyes. God, may we truly behold you in your glory, in your ways this morning, O oh God, that it will make a difference, Lord, that your glory, Father, can I say, would be seen in this place, dear God. O oh Lord, I pray, open the windows of heaven and Pour out Your Spirit upon us, O God, we pray. Lord, we need You. We need You desperately, God. We cannot do without You, Lord. Father, we heard that in the the reading of the Scripture this morning, God. Without me, ye can do nothing. And I pray, O Lord, help us to reckon with the reality of that even here this morning, God. O Father, we pray that You would have Your way, Lord. Bless your word. Bless this subject that you have on my heart this morning to share. God, give me the wisdom. Give me the grace. Give me the understanding. Give me the unction, O God, I pray, to share your word, to bear your heart with your people, Lord. God, I pray that you would change us. God, we need you desperately, Lord. We need you desperately, God. And I pray, O Father, that we would be shaken out of our lethargy this morning, Lord. And God, that we would have a heart that is pressing into the kingdom. That we would truly see this God who sent His Son so that we could be forgiven and cleansed. Lord, open our eyes. God, we walk down here on this earth 
And we see things with these natural eyes and they hinder us, God, from seeing the things that are invisible. I pray, O Lord, this morning, God, that you would open our eyes like blind Bartimaeus who said, El son of David, have mercy on me. And the Lord opened his eyes. And I pray, God, open my eyes. Open our eyes here this morning. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. I give myself to you. I pray, Lord, bless each and every one that is here. Bless us together, God. Have your way, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's go to Romans uh, chapter 3 this morning. Romans chapter 3. And we were here already this morning. Uh, Let's see here. Daryl was reading, I think before, where we want to break in in verse 19. I should maybe read what he had read there, but we will uh, start reading here in Romans uh, 3, verse 19 to verse 31. Now we know that whatsoever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law... There shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has set forth to be a appropriation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of Him which believed in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law or works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is He, the God of the Jews only, is He not also the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. The title again is The Law of Faith and Righteousness and the Big Question. We find here in Romans chapter Three, we find this word or these couple words that says in verse 27. Well, let's just read the verse. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. Are you here this morning? Are you boasting because of how righteous you are? Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Question. Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. We have that, that law of faith in there. And that's part of the title here is the law of faith and righteousness. What is the law of faith? 
What is the law of faith? What is the law of faith? Was I thought of this? I, my mind went to the law of gravity. What is the law of gravity? Is the law was the law of gravity working this morning at your house and here? Is it? Was it? Is it still? Shall we try it out? I was hoping it would stay standing. It's still working, isn't it? The law of gravity, it still works. You can do, I can do that here. You can do that in Haiti. You can do that in, in uh, wherever you want to go. <clears throat> it all works the same. The law of gravity. And I'm not a scientist, so I'm not sure it would be a very interesting subject to, to uh, study into. The law of gravity. What is the law of gravity? What is the law of faith? The question is, is it working in my life? This law of gravity is working. Right? So the question comes to you and me, is the law of faith working in your life this morning? Is the law of faith working in your and my life this morning? The law of gravity, it works. And it will keep working. I'm not sure when it will stop, but it will keep working. So the question is, Not whether the law of gravity is working or will work. The question is about the law of faith. Is it working in my life? The law of gravity connects to the, to the ground, connects us to the ground. If I let this thing drop, it, or if I let this thing go, gravity pulls it down to the ground. The law of gravity connects to the ground, so the law of faith connects us to God, who is holy, is righteous. The result of the law of faith is righteousness. I think that's pretty simple. The law of faith or the law of gravity, it, in a sense, you can say, I believe it connects us or keeps us to the ground. I guess when you're up in the moon or up outer space, there you float around. My understanding. But here it does not work that way. There's there's, a, there's gravity that pulls us to the ground or to the earth. <clears throat> I'd like to now just look at some verses here in Romans. Let's go to Romans chapter 1 and I would like you to follow along. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says... For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let's go to Romans 3, 21 and 22. Romans 3... 
21 and 22. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now let's go to Romans 8, 2 to 4. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And then Galatians 2, 19 to 21. Just different verses here. Galatians 2, 19 to 21. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And let's turn to Philippians yet. 3. 3, 8-10. This is Paul uh, writing. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto His death. Very beautiful passages of Scripture. And Paul's cry here in verse 10, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto His death. And I'm not just injecting here in this verse here. We like the idea of the power of the resurrection. We like power. We like, we like see things happen. But what about the last two things there where he says the fellowship of his suffering and being made conformable unto his death. And I was meditating on on sharing on the cross. Not Jesus' cross, but the cross that Jesus asked us to bear. He says, if you're going to be my disciple, you need to take up your cross and follow me. You know, there's there's an aspect to the Christian life that we, we, like, we tend to steer away from naturally. It's just that way. We don't like death. We don't like suffering. I was over at a customer a, a month or so ago, and, and uh, he, I came there, and he just came back from a funeral, and he said he doesn't like funerals. <clears throat> well, I think I tried to uh, maybe just kind of fuel him out a little bit, if, he's, if the reason he doesn't like funerals is because he's not ready to die. But we tend to steer away from suffering and pain and death. 
But again, just injecting here, it's not necessarily what I was going to put in here, but let us remember that if if we want the law of faith to operate in our lives, we're going to also have to understand the cross. Paul, he gloried in the cross. How does it say there in, uh, is it in Galatians? Where he said that he glories in the cross by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. So the question, or uh, the title again is the law of faith and righteousness. The law of faith and righteousness and the big question. So this whole aspect of faith, which we have, which we probably hear a lot of, but even as I shared with some the other Saturday night, this whole aspect of faith, and I I picked up a book by Tozer on the, the pursuit of God, and he had in there about uh, preachers preaching on the subject of faith and it's like they, they peel away to where there is no substance anymore. When we, when we read the Bible in Hebrews chapter 11, those men and women, they had, they had faith that was real, that had substance, if I can say it that way. It was not just some make-believe uh, theology out there that did no good for anyone. They had a faith that did all kinds of things. Was it their faith? Or was it their faith? Was it the faith? Was it the God whom they had faith in? Make sure we got that straight. Faith connects us to the source of power. Am I, are you connected to that source of power this morning? The law of faith. There is power there. Are you you losing out on your battles? I was working over there at Kendrick's house there. Uh, Kevin Beachy was there. And he's an electrician. And uh, he was working down there in the panel box. Here in the down there in that basement, there's a big panel box. And I asked Kevin yesterday how big that, or how many amps comes into that panel box, and what the picture that I couldn't get out of my mind yesterday was that panel box with that big, heavy wire coming down into that panel box. Why was there such a heavy wire there for? Why didn't he just use a a, a, a 12 what is it, 212 Romex, and bring it down into that panel box. What would have happened? Are there any electricians in here? We wouldn't work. Well, maybe for if you only have one little right light running. But we know that soon later you'll be in trouble. Because <clears throat> in that panel box, there's a lot of breakers. And all those... All those wires go out to here and there and up to the stove and up to the lights, upstairs to the bedroom and bathroom and it makes all these things run. Mm. 
So I, I, you know, as far as the, the different pedal boxes, I thought pretty much 200 amp. I don't know if I, but anyways, I, I looked into it, and then even Kevin told me that, you know, normally a house, they, it's usually a 200 amp panel box. Some houses, if they've got a lot of whatevers, then they go up to a 400 amp panel box. And he said something about that's what they use on farms. And he said you can go up to 600 amp. Was it 800 amp? 1200 amp? That's a lot of juice. That's a lot of power. Well, brothers and sisters, we need to be connected to the source of power. And I could go on and on about this whole panel box thing. Um, You know, it's interesting. You have all these... All these, uh, all these breakers in this panel box. And if there's an overload, what happens? So you have, so you have uh, wires going to these lights, or let's say to the receptacles here, there's a wire downstairs that goes into a panel box, and we put a bunch of fans, or we put a bunch of whatever's, toasters and whatever, and if there's an overload, what happens down in the panel box? Ron, what happens? The breaker flips, or the breaker blows. Why is that? Because it's on an overload. Does your breaker ever flip? Because you're on overload? Does my breaker ever flip? Because it's on overload? Well, there's things to do. You know, you can, you can look at, think that thing through. And Kendrick, he's probably thinking in light of his electrical experiences there. <clears throat> you know, if there's not enough of power. Or the, okay, so what, what makes a breaker flip? Well, there's, there's two things there, and I don't want to get too carried away with this. But you have, the, you, have the, the, you have the breaker. If that thing is a 20 amp and you're pulling more than 20 amps, it's going gonna, it's gonna to flip. But you also have a, probably a, a, a number 12 wire that is going to these receptacles, and it only carries so much. Now, you could put a 100 amp uh, breaker on that 12, and you might be fine, but something's going to happen in the wall. What's going to happen? You might just get a fire. So you don't want to do that. So you got to make sure you have enough that, 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 that the breaker is big enough and that the wire is big enough and that the receptacle can hold whatever you put into it. You get the point? And I was, and I was thinking about this thing of, does the Bible say anything about growing in faith? So I was trying to think how this thing works. Do we grow in faith? Does that wire get eventually, you know, that, that big heavy wire that's coming in here and, and, is, and it's drawing, you need more juice and that wire tends to grow bigger and bigger because there's, it's this, 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 this uh, whatever wires, whatever receptacles are drawing more and more juice and it, it's not enough and this wire just tends to go bigger. <clears throat> well, anyways, I think we need to go on. <clears throat> Coming back to the song, we need to, some, we need to sense our need of Him continually. We need to sense our need of Him continually. Tozer, on the book in the Pursuit of God, was, was very good for me just to read. And he brings out the one chapter about the gaze of the soul. Where is my gaze this morning? Where is your gaze this morning? Is your gaze on the God who has all power? Or is my gaze on, on, on other things? 
And then we wonder why there's no power there. There are foes all around us, but let us make sure that the law of faith is operating so that we can overcome every foe. Now, I have a little bit of a problem. I have, uh, I have some order, but I'm not sure which order I should bring him, Marcus. Uh, faith and law, much confusion. This subject has been a, and I, and I, I know I shared here and there different times, the subject of faith and law has brought much confusion into, the, in, into Christendom, I believe. And, and so let's just go on here. We are not under law, but under grace. Romans 6, 14 says that. We're not under law, but under grace. So we end up throwing out the law and living by a faith that has no substance. We have a problem. The first person goes out... To, we have a problem. The first person goes out to live by the law and he runs up against and says it does not work. So he, he concludes he is not understanding something and, and reads and studies and comes to the conclusion he is not under law. That's what Romans says. 6.14 says, I'm not under law and swings over to a faith with no substance. That's one person. Next person. Second person doesn't like what he sees in the first one, so he decides something is missing. And zeroes in and being more disciplined and ends up uh, doing not too bad and feels pretty good about himself. The law of faith, there is no boasting in that. But here with the second person, does, doesn't like what he sees the first person doing. Rightly so, there's something wrong. So he decides something is missing and zeroes in and and being more disciplined and tends up uh, <clears throat> doing not too bad and feels pretty good about himself. And we can think of the, what was it, the, uh, the one that prayed to himself. I'm glad I'm not like this man over here. <clears throat> the third person has a cry that says, Lord, open my eyes. Help me to understand your ways and understand that God is looking for the fruit of righteousness from his life. And he understands there is only one way. That will happen by the law of faith operating in his life. All self-effort is gone and he finds himself reaching out to the one that is righteous. Are we here this morning? Is anyone here this morning thinking that you can be righteous apart from receiving God's righteousness not only when you become born again, but that it's a continual receiving of Him? And I think that is our problem, brothers and sisters. I think that is where the catch is. All self-effort is gone and he finds himself reaching out to the one that is righteous. There is no righteousness apart from faith in God. Paul would have said that very clearly and we read that in Philippians. Be found in Him not having mine own righteousness which is the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. There is a righteousness that is of God that is by faith and it doesn't come to us any other way. Where does that put us, brothers? Broken before Him, seeing it is impossible to live this 
righteous way without Him. Only by the law of faith connected to a righteous God. Not just connecting once or twice, but it is a way of life. It's a way of life. The law of faith operating in my life, just like gravity. The law of gravity operating all the time. The law of faith needs to be operating in our lives every day. Every moment. Romans 1 there would say that just therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just, the just shall live by faith. Why do we fail? Because we're looking to the wrong person. We're looking to the wrong place. We are looking probably to ourselves or looking to some other source, or maybe to that preacher, or this thing, or that thing, and we end up failing. There is no righteousness there. But when we look to the One, and we fix our eyes on the One who is righteous, what happens? If you're connected, if you're connected, if that panel box is, that heavy wire that is there, and that thing goes out there, and out to the, wherever that, more panels are and it's connected and then that wire goes out to a big heavy generator that produces lots and lots and lots and lots of electric. Well, I was down there and I put a, Kevin allowed me to put a couple, a couple, uh, since it was my son-in-law's house, son-in-law's house, he allowed me to put a, wire up a couple of these, uh, uh, um, what do you call them? Breakers. But, while I was doing that, that thing up there, there was, what is it, three wires? The, one, the two are hot and the ones are neutral? All I would have had to do is put my two fingers on there and I would have been done. Well, we need that power. We need that power to be operating in our lives. The law of faith. The result is righteousness. Now I want to look at some hindrances of the law of faith operating in my life. And I would have, I think Larry had a message a couple uh, Sundays ago on the fruit of righteousness. And I mentioned something in, in uh, while I was moderating about Justice and righteousness. And this could be a message in itself, probably. But I just want to look at something here. We as Christians are to be just and right and fair and all those things. But what happens when, when the world isn't fair to us? We can maybe kind of excuse them. But what happens if my brother or sister, somehow it doesn't seem it's fair, it's not right? And then we're in trouble. Why are we in trouble for? Because we stand for justice. God is just, right? So let me, let me just go read here. We want things to be fair and equal, but sometimes they are not. And we get stuck and we demand justice and we can maybe let the heathen go. But when it, it is to a brother and sister, do we, man, we demand justice. That was not 
fair, that is not right, and we end up becoming a judge and speaking evil of our brother or sister. That's in James chapter 3 or so. Maybe we should look at that. And the law of faith ceases to operate. We need to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. Now, you might feel that is overlooking wrongs and letting things go. No, it is first of all taking care of my heart so that the law of right faith can operate and righteousness reign in my life. If something was done that was not right, there, was a, there is a way to deal with that while the law of faith is operating and the result, righteousness. That makes sense? Does that make sense? Are we all awake? And you know, as I, as I think about this, and maybe we should just turn to James there. I love the book of James. Chapter 3, let's start verse 13. Who is a wise man? I'm sorry. No, it's chapter 4. Let's start at verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art, nor, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one law giver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges thy brother or judges one another? Romans, I think, brings that out. Judge no more. So, do, do we see what, I, what we're bringing out here about justice and righteousness? So what if somebody wrongs us and it, maybe it is truly is wrong? Do we have the right then to stand on our pedestal and, and say, you know what? What comes out? And, and when I think of that, I, my mind goes to the Sermon on the Mount. And I think it's very clearly spelled out there. You have the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, justice. We as Christians are to be just, but what if people are not just with us? Law of faith, righteousness. So when we are mistreated, when we are misused, is the law of faith operating in my life? Is the law of faith operating in your life? Or is it the flesh that comes out? Maybe that's the gravity law then. <clears throat> you see there's a difference. And, I, and like I said, this should probably be put into a sermon. There's a difference. Somehow, when I have been mistreated, it's so hard to overcome that. And I know it is. Especially if it's a brother or sister. Especially if it's a family member. But you know, we can go back to Daryl's message this morning when we realize how much God has forgiven me. How dare I? How can I hold out on my brother or my sister? And having that heart of forgiveness having that heart of forgiveness where, the, where, where, where uh, instead of 
instead of hitting back, like it says there, if someone smites you on the right cheek, you, you, it says there, you, you, you receive another blow. How's that go, brothers and sisters? And I know we have looked at that before already. The one is, maybe you could say justice, and the other one is righteousness. And brothers and sisters, we're memorizing the Sermon on the Mount. And there is much in that Sermon on the Mount. And let's just think about it a little bit. There is, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Sermon on the Mount is, is, as Jesus lays it out, the way I see it, it's a display, if you will. He's, he's talking, of course, but it's a display of what righteousness looks like when it's being played out. Is that righteousness part of my daily life? Or do I find myself too many times where the law of gravity has taken over and I just go back to the old way? Or do I have a faith in God that says, Lord, is the law of faith operating in my life where I say, Lord, I'm going to trust You. I'm going to believe You. Let come what may, I am Yours. You're the final judge. I'm not. And all of a sudden, that frees us. Before we're a judge and we, we, we better hold this thing together. The law of faith. The law of faith. Is it operating in my life? The law of faith. Is it operating in my life? Is the righteousness of God being revealed in and through my life? And you know, brothers and sisters, we can, and I was singing this last night, and I, uh, I probably should go there. I didn't, I didn't prepare myself for it. But we can look at our reaction. We can look at how we live. We can look at, there's many different ways that righteousness is displayed in our life, in through our life. If, if, if we do things because of pride, that is not righteousness. That is not righteousness. I don't care how you slice it. That is not the law, letting the law of faith operate in my life. I'll say it that way. And you can put anything in there. And then there's another aspect where is that in Romans 2 where Paul would say without, that's in Hebrews, uh, without faith in the apostle, please, please him. But there's another one in Romans that says, without faith, I'm not getting that right, Romans 14, whatsoever is not a faith is sin. So what I am doing, what you are doing, if you're not doing it by faith, what is it? Unrighteousness, it's sin. So Jesus went into the temple and He cleansed the temple. Why did He cleanse the temple? Because there was unrighteousness going on in there. And He went in there and He cleansed the temple. And we need to allow God to come into our hearts and into our lives to cleanse us, truly cleanse us. 
and allow him to cleanse us and believe that he can cleanse us and not that he can only do that. You know, I think there's a, there we have this thing of a splitting salvation where Jesus uh, died on the cross so that we could be forgiven and have a ticket to heaven. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But somehow we, we, we forget the other aspect is Jesus also died and pretty much I think what Larry shared two weeks ago. There's another aspect where He saves us from our, from our sin and He also saves us so that we can reveal God, His righteousness to a lost and dying world. And that takes faith. You can't do that in the natural. Maybe I'll say this one yet. Here you have two ladies. They're standing in the back. And they have a covering on. They're covered. The one has the covering on. She's doing it by faith. The other one's back there. And she is doing it because, well, I guess I'm supposed to or I'm whatever or this or that. And it's, it's on. Which one is righteous this morning? I think it's a simple answer, isn't it? (laughs) You know, I probably should. I'm sorry. Why did I say there's much confusion about faith? How did I uh, read that? Faith and law. Why is there a lot of confusion? Somehow we read the Scriptures. And there's a lot of Scriptures that almost give you the idea that the laws... Uh, I, I died to the law and it's done and over with. And we're not, we're not quite sure how, how to facilitate through that. Well, the place I have come out is... And in, in, in the burdens... Uh, I, I hope the burdens coming through or the, the message is coming through. The law is, is to bring us to the end of ourselves and we realize... That we cannot please God. Okay, that's for salvation. But what about the rest of the Christian life? So now we're saved. So now we'll put on this and we'll put on that. And we'll, we'll do this and we'll do that. And now we're righteous. Wrong. We're not righteous just because we put on right things. We are righteous when we come to God and we do it because we believe God wants me to do it. And I do it by faith. And I know God is up there smiling down on me. And the grace and the power of God is resting on my life. Praise the Lord. Isn't that what you want, Vernon? You know, it even says in Romans, uh, and some of these are uh, are scriptures that I have almost memorized over the years, just uh, maybe even just talking about it. But it says in in Romans 7, but now we're delivered from the law that being dead, wherein we were held that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is law sin? God forbid. <clears throat> I went at the verse before. Verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ that ye should be married to another. 
even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. There will be no fruit if we're not connected to that power source. There is no fruit. I guess we can call it so-called fruit. We can call it manufactured fruit. You have a tree out in, the, in, the, in, in, your, in, your, in your garden and, and it's not producing apples. So you look at that tree and think, what's wrong with it? Well, maybe I need to help it along. I'll go get some apples and I'll paste them on. Think that would be a good apple tree? You don't think so? You wouldn't like that? When you, want, when you plant an apple tree, you're expecting an apple tree to bring apples, right? That's right. And God expects the same. And if it's not happening, what is wrong? It's not God's problem. Somewhere something is wrong. Somehow this, this, uh, this, uh, somehow this uh, uh, law of faith isn't working. Somehow it's, it's as if it, it, something else is, is holding it or keeping it from operating, from working. So we can just go on and say, well, you know, <clears throat> I know it's supposed to bring apples, but I'm going to sure persuade everybody else that it's it, 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 it doing pretty good. <clears throat> what a way to have an apple tree. <laughs> Well, you know, there's many warnings in Scripture. I think there's many warnings in, in the epistles of that very thing. And I was listening to a message this past week, and it was on about uh, professing Christianity. And, and brothers and sisters, I think that's closer home than what we want to reckon. We, we hear those type of things, and we say, well, it's out there. But is it... Is, 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 is my life producing a life of righteousness? Is, is it working? I want more than just a profession. I want the real faith. I want, I want an apple tree that bring, bears apples. And then I can go, and when I am hungry, I can go get an apple off that apple tree, and I can eat it. Okay, well, the last part here. I thought I had mentioned this, but I guess I hadn't. I, I am a little bit uh, <clears throat> running over uh, my notes here. Sorry. Oh, here we go. The last thing I want to look at here is in Luke eight forty three to forty eight. Let's just turn there. Luke eight forty three to forty eight. And a woman having issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stenched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter 
And they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me. I perceive. I know. I understand that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And this is what Jesus said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. You ever feel like you're too needy? You come to God. It's just me again, Lord. You just feel like, well, I don't know if I can do that again. But you know what? When this woman came to Jesus, Jesus did not chide her. But what did he do? He said, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Praise the Lord. Thy faith has made thee whole. Virtue flowed from Jesus to this woman. And so we need that virtue to flow into our hearts every day. And we will know, and he will know us, and we, him. No guessing game. Reality. Virtue. Righteousness is flowing from Christ to my needy heart every day. There is hope, of, there is hope for every one of us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Not one of us is exempt. We can all come to God and experience His power. Praise the Lord. We don't have to go home discouraged thinking, well, this, 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 uh, uh, this thing of righteousness, living out righteousness in my life is way up there. And you know, people want to throw out the, the law and then and, and, and I don't know what to do with the Sermon on the Mount. I guess they throw it away further yet. Because the, to me, the Sermon on the Mount, it's even, it's even a higher standard. So what do we do, brothers and sisters? What do we do? Well, there is hope for every one of us. We just need to make sure that the law of faith is operating in my life. You don't have to be under condemnation. No. You don't have to be under condemnation. Now, if you fall and you fail and you sin, you need to repent and make, get your heart cleared up and get things right and, and all that. Yes, and may, there should be maybe some, uh, at least a, a, a grief. <clears throat> but this law of faith, is it possible that I can live a righteous life like it spells it out in the, on the Sermon on the Mount? It's possible. Not to perfection. We're still in this body of sin. But there is, God has made a way for every Gentile Jew, whoever that comes to Him, He will no wise cast out. But they can all be righteous and not only become righteous by applying the blood of Christ, but also live a righteous life as they look to Him and as they allow the, 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 the law of, 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 of faith to operate in their lives. The Sermon on the Mount. There's a verse in there, 723, where it says, I never knew you. Many are prophesying in His name, casting out devils and doing many wonderful works. Unrighteousness, iniquity. And He says, I never knew you. Virtue never flowed. Virtue never flowed. Now I said this before already, but this, this, this account here in Luke about Jesus, where He said... 
I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. That same word, you look it up in the Greek, it takes you right to Matthew chapter 7, 23. I never knew you. Does, do you know God? And does God know you? When you touch Him, does He know that you're touching Him? Does He know that virtue is flowing? You come to Him. He is full of virtue, but somehow the, the, the law of faith needs to be operating for that virtue to come from Him to me. These people will come before God and they will think that they've been doing many good things. But what, what one thing is missing? Righteousness was missing. Righteousness was missing. They did a lot of good things. That's not enough. That's not enough. We need the faith. We need the, the law of faith to be operating in our lives where, where righteousness is a result of that connection with God. And that's for any one of us. The, 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 the newest convert here in the room. Walk that way, live that way, and you'll, 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 you'll be fruitful. You'll be fruitful. I never knew you. Virtue never flowed. All dead works. There is something like dead works. When there's no faith applied, they're dead. They're dead. The big question, the big question this morning is, the big, the big question is this, this morning, is virtue flowing into my heart today? Are there fruits of righteousness on my tree, on your tree? Are there fruits of righteousness on your tree this morning? Or would Jesus have to, like when He came, where were they going to Jerusalem? I forget exactly where they were going. He came up to a tree. And He was looking for fruit and there was no fruit there. What did He do to that tree? He cursed it. Well, I don't want anyone here this morning to experience that curse. But we can do something about it. We're still in the day of grace, can I say. If you reckon this morning that, and you realize and you understand that, that that virtue is not flowing, you maybe have a garb on that is okay and right. Maybe you have a garb on that is not okay and right. But the question this morning, the big question this morning is, is there virtue flowing from Jesus to my heart, to your heart? We had Susan's parents there, when was it, two weeks ago. We were, uh, have our, have, had our family devotions in the morning. And I'm not sure how we ended up here, but the question came up about this very verse. And I think both of them would have said that they, they, think, they were thinking about it or they, they think about this verse. Many would say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not done many wonderful works? And I never knew you depart from me, you workers of iniquity. 
And I think that's a good question for all of us. And then, I, and then I went to explain what I'm pretty much saying here about the woman that virtue flowed. If virtue is not flowing, I, 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 how should I say? I beseech you, how does Paul say that? I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable in his sight. <clears throat> I think it's that simple. I think it's that simple. And my desire is this morning that as I allow the the law of faith to operate in my life, that the result will be righteousness. And if for some reason my wife says something to me that and tells me that, Earl, there's something you're not doing so good that I reckon with the reality of that and I say, Lord, why is it that this law, the law of faith is not operating? And I do something about it. I clean out the shed. I take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. I have read a lot of Watchman Nee books and I appreciate some of the the way he comes out and some of these things about the, the life of Christ. And it's almost like the, the, uh, Galatians 2.20 where it says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life that I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. There is a faith, there is a, where Christ is living in us and, and it's His life that is being lived out through us. And there's things that hinder that life. What is it? It's sin. Some sin of some sort hinders that life from flowing. And we can excuse it away and we can do this and we can do that with it. But let us not play games with God. There is a day that coming we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're all going to give an account. You're going to give an account. You're going to give an account on down the line. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're all going to give an account how this thing worked in my life. I don't want to hear those words. I never knew you. I don't want you to hear those words. But we have to be real. We have to be honest. We have to be transparent. We have to say if it's not working, we just say, well, I'm just, I'm, this is just how I'm natured. Well, you can per- hang pretty many things on that nature. That nature needs to be crucified. And it can be, praise God. Well, I think I am done. I think I uh, hope I wasn't too scattered this morning. I'm not sure... I was thinking of sharing this. I wasn't sure. Maybe I will just quickly here. Yeah, sorry. I was, the last two weeks, I was facing a, a lot more headaches again than I had there for a while. It seemed like we had the thing figured out and 
I wasn't having headaches. For the last two weeks, I, I was pretty much, pretty much down with pretty bad headaches. You understand. And I had to reckon with the reality or the fact that the law of faith was not operating the way it should have been. And last night, I had to repent before the Lord and say, Lord, I was discouraged. I was not doing so well. Things were not flowing. We lived in our new house for 12 years, I think. And we left the old walks there that went up to the old house. And we always wanted to get new walks in. So we finally pulled the trigger. And we got new walks today, this morning. You can go and see new walks there. Well, I... uh, Decided maybe we can do it and ask Stephen whether he would just pour it, and he agreed. So that was very nice of him, Stephen Ebersole. <clears throat> well, I, we got started building these these things, and we came out to the steps, and I just kind of like, I I, I I don't know if I want to do this. It's too much. And so I called Stephen and asked him if he would be willing to uh, do it. He said yes. <clears throat> But that whole project, to me, did not flow. We, we uh, I think building the new house was, was almost a breeze. My wife and I agreed on everything. But somehow, the walks were a problem. <laughs> somehow, it, we just couldn't get together. Anyways, the walks did get built. But all I'm saying this morning is this. The law of faith needs to be operating in our life. If we want our Christian life to work, if we want our Christian life to flow, that law has to be operating. You know, you might say, well, we live in this world and that's right. Things go wrong. But in our heart, in our spirit, there can be a freedom and a liberty that does not touch us because we're living in the spirit and we're living in the law by the law of faith. 